It's the best part of that it's movie. It's so good. Though. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're back after a month. Uh, because everybody's got better things to do, right? Nope. You fuck. Oh, okay. I oh, mean, that was close. I mean, the answer is yes when it comes to comic book movies. Yeah. Most people should have they, better yeah, things for sure. to do. Yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I'm Jordan, and of course, I'm about to E-X-P-L-O-D-E, right? Yep. yep. Who are we trying to hide that from? No, it's, not, it's on the poster. <laughs> oh, right. Oh. It's on the poster. Okay, I'm, you don't I'm know anything. Yeah. Yeah, who are we trying to hide it from? We're not making TNT on the show. <laughs> well, okay, I didn't memorize the marketing materials of <laughs> a movie. Then you were fucking behind. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> Change the ends. Yeah. 167th Street. <laughs> just as close up on Andrew's just like uh, yeah. unconscious. Just, just, <laughs> just yeah, a few bullet holes in me at some bodega and like the Upper East Side. Yeah. Oh, uh, mercy. <laughs> Woo. All right. Thanks, thanks Dick Wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I favorited that. <laughs> okay. Um, right. I'm with Andrew, a.k.a. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Akira. No, yeah. I was going to say Canada. Canada. Okay. Come okay. On. Alex. And Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi there. Um, hey, Andrew. Buddy. Hey, man. Hey, right. what's up? I'm not Hi. talking to you. Oh. oh. All right. Um. Andrew saw this movie in theaters, so he asked that we uh, change up our scheduled Marmaduke episode. They're not that different. So. Yeah, Alex wanted to do a crossover episode between the two of them, which, come to think of what we should have done. It is. They have a lot of similar themes. It's about keeping forces contained. <laughs> a nuclear, like, godchild or farts. Yes. One of the two. <laughs> or a messy dog. Yeah, messy dog. Yep. Nuclear fart dogs. They're going to blend together if you watch them <laughs> close up. We should have done yep. that. We should have done two. We should start doing that. We should start trying to combine movies into a single episode. I wonder how well the Akira soundtrack works for Marmaduke. <laughs> I would love a fucking edit of it. Canada. <laughs> in the inevitable chase sequence in Marmaduke, which I'm sure happens, they should put like the fucking... Like tribal music in yeah, yeah. on the reverse of that though, <laughs> do you think who let the dogs out would work well at any point in Akira? Yeah, while the yes. while the, while Tokyo and the Neo Tokyo are engulfed in blinding light, it's the perfect time for some Baja men. <laughs> Never have the Baja men be, be needed more. Yeah. yeah. There's literally a part where somebody's being chased by two dogs. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> 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 And then, as soon as one of the dogs gets shot, we do a little bit of this. Yep. And then the music uh, cuts out. That's when you know things are amiss in Neo-Tokyo. Exactly. Um, The Judd Apatow cut of Akira. um, Yeah, Akira, the last remaining good movie on the Normatron. You you have to stop saying that. Why? There are other good movies that are left. Name one. Marmaduke? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's no good also the end Avengers. of conversation. We yeah. already did Doctor Strange. <laughs> we have done. Yeah, we still haven't done either of the Avengers movies. Oh yeah. Well, only one of them is any good. Yeah. Okay. Oof. Oh, damn. Call them out. Damn. Sorry, John. Just, gonna, just gonna lay it down like yeah. That. Man, you can I'm, shit on I'm, Dollhouse I'm, next. Like, come on. <laughs> Where's the joke? Uh, there really isn't one. It was more a, a cry for help. There we go. Yeah. Um. There's a lot nice to say about this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, before we get started, I, I want to add something. We we did have a question. Oh wow, from, I didn't uh, know that. Oof. From uh, yeah, from you know, friend of the show Abraham L. Oh, um, this yeah, I guess question that's fair we've to say. already kind of answered. 
Yeah. Uh, he, he just wanted to make sure that this episode was the three of us and not three Jordans talking about Akira. Oh, that's uh, is... that would be the way that I would want it to go. It wouldn't be three Jordans. It would be one Jordan and two soundboard iPads. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just say if you thought that we nearly came to blows on the Birdman episode, once we get to the... Uh... <laughs> The, the rankings. rankings. <laughs> there's gonna be a little bit of a. There's gonna be a few spats. I predict a few fucking. I'm just gonna say this right now. If any of you fuckers put, <laughs> put fucking Chronicle above this movie, I'm gonna be really pissed off. Well, this movie is Chronicle, just better and 20 years earlier. No, I don't know. I prefer fuck you. <laughs> I prefer the cloud of smartphones to somebody's like flesh becoming an uncontrollable growing mass. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, let's face it, Akira is probably the most normal movie of them all. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, there's just going to be no, um, no, no, at, like, lack of bizarre moments that we can highlight yeah. towards the end. Uh, yeah. There's I, so many eligible Golden Pounds I mean, Akira is, as yeah. well. <laughs> Akira is definitely, it's just like, it's so by the numbers, really. Yeah, it's extremely conventional. Having said that, yeah. um, I'm going to attempt to run down the plot. Oh, God. Because uh, very briefly, to set the stage for anybody who hasn't seen this, <clears throat> either of you two, feel free to <laughs> you know, interrupt if I'm missing something. Um, in a dystopian post-World War III Neo-Tokyo, uh, two biker punks, a resistance group, and a militaristic but pragmatic colonel cross paths with several psychic dwarf children, <laughs> all the while pursuing Akira, another psychic dwarf child, who is believed to be responsible for um, initiating this aforementioned world war in a giant psionic blast decades earlier. I mean, such a cliche. Right, that story. <laughs> We've all heard that yeah, tale before. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just so normal. I mean, like, uh, Let's be fair, it's kind of the Seinfeld effect, right? Like, it was the first, and then everyone else started copying that's, that's it, have seen it a hundred times. But I mean, yeah, you're like five minutes in, and you're just waiting for the psychic dwarves to show up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're actually dwarves. I think no, they're, they're just, just like very aged children. Yeah, they're like children that have been like suspended in like yeah. a childhood state, it yeah, seems like. Yeah, one of them bears yeah. an uncanny resemblance to comedian Louis Anderson. <laughs> yep, um, you're not wrong. Well, that's Yeah, that's accurate. So... Um. Yeah, like like you've said, this is a this is not a um this is not a by <laughs> the numbers piece, but uh, this so so uh, I'm not going to attempt to oversell its legacy. Obviously, um, Alex, you sent me lots of stuff in the past year of just like shot by shot comparisons and other media, you know, trying to emulate this movie. Obviously, the influence is very significant and profound. Um. And this was one of the biggest, you know, the first real big uh, anime movies to find a niche cult audience here in the West. And um, it's, you know, hailed as one of the best anime movies slash animated films of all time. Um, It's based on um, the extremely sprawling uh, manga series of the same name. And uh, it actually had to uh, condense and change some stuff. I'm not going to go into um, into fucking intricate details about the differences between the film and the movie. But uh, uh, it's the same person in charge of both. So it's Katsuhiro Otomo who did who wrote the comic and directed this movie, which is nice to have a steady hand at the wheel. Yeah. The craft here is insane. Like we're talking, yeah. this is. Um, this plot aside because uh i'm gonna be saying that a lot i feel like um <laughs> it's because, gonna be a common theme i think amongst yeah. like when we finally get around to sort of the ghost in the shell movies a lot of these like anime movies that are condensed versions of like either long-running manga series or like proper anime series yeah are ones that are like kind of incomprehensible because it's almost like a clip reel from a show but yeah. where this does where this succeeds in ways that other similar films do not or don't even care to is the fact that you have two characters who with extremely clear motivations and good histories together and an emotional anchor and weight to the movie, which goes a fucking hell of a long way. 
Especially when you I have thought something super similar, um, but not in relation to the other anime movies, which is correct. You're not wrong. Um, I was thinking I was like comparing this in my head to like Blade Runner and stuff. And I right. felt like this just had more actual like human, you know, resonance there. Characters who want something out of each other. For you know sure. what I mean? I'd argue it has a better visualized world than Blade Runner. Well, I think that the worlds in both are, are I think what Alex says is, is true because I think it's a lot of this just like you know, neon, like, city hellscape in both, um, both Yeah, it's products. like an overgrown and overrun, like, yes, yeah. Like, 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 technological Fluorescent city. nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I think that the Tetsuo-Kaneda relationship here is so strong and so integral to the success of this movie and the world that it establishes that it, it like... Well, it is the movie. Yeah, it yeah. is the movie, but, like, like... You know, there's a a lot of fucking shit happens. Like, we're, we, you have a full coup d'etat that happens during the course of the movie. Really quickly by the end. Like, it's <laughs> something that just sort of, like, happens in a matter of, like, five to ten minutes in that movie where one of the characters who's supposed to be sympathetic initiates he's a military He's still sympathetic. Coup. I still find myself sympathizing with, with the him colonel? a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think he's not a bad guy. He's just he's just a man who has uh he's he's got the safety of Neo Tokyo. Well, he's just and he cares about those those psychic dwarves. Uh I don't cares is a strong word. Well he feels some rec- you know, compulsion to take care of them. <clears throat> yeah, to protect them. Yeah, even though I guess yeah, compulsion probably... to protect us. Yeah, that's caring. Well it's sure. not it's like um It's not like dismissive or like seeing them as assets as much as like we've seen in other movies that have Yeah. Like, he's, he's doing better than, like, Tim Robbins in Green Lantern. A little bit. Just like a dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is going to be the fair comparisons episode. So <laughs> you're, um, you're thrown into this world of Nigo Tokyo, which is populated by, like, constant insurgent violence and, like, biker gang warfare. Um, and then over the course of the film, you actually find out the circumstances that led to, you know, this environment being how it is. But it's always the fact that it's 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 not even that it's through their perspective because Tetsuo and Canada don't really care or know about any of this fucking history. Like they're simply products of their environment who are functioning the way they can. Yeah. Um. So it's the it's the colonel and the all the politicians that help like and help sort of build the world a little bit. But it's um. But like, what a world it is. It's a terrifying place. Neo Tokyo is just a scary fucking place. But I think what makes it better realized than a lot of other sort of dystopian worlds is that they show um, they show both sides. Like they still show like pristine elements of Neo Tokyo, right? Uh, in addition to like the like grubby underworld and like the schools that like Kaneda and Tetsuo yeah. are in, and how it's just like a society that's just given up. That's one of the scariest. Part, I think that's why I used the word scary to begin with is that you have the idea that like parts of the city are trying to go on and establish some sort of normalcy. And there's, you know, there's clearly infrastructure in the city, but there's constant like explosions and just hard violence, violence and, happening where yeah. like and like like crazy cults. And there's like that are they're all meticulously drawn and animated. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the the attention to detail and the actual craft that went into making this movie and designing this world is jaw dropping and it's some of the best stuff we've seen for the show because rarely have we seen but well do you it, think it's done a disservice by the time that it came out the idea that like you you would have to watch it cuz there's other like beautifully animated movies that have come out since right but i feel that it's done a disservice because people would compare it to contemporary animated movies like Studio Ghibli movies when if you watch that next to anything else that was made in the late 80s for anime, it's like it is a cut above. <laughs> it's it's a cut yeah. above. I actually was going to answer that from another perspective um, insofar as like the tone. And that's one of the ways that it's actually helpful to look at it as um, maybe less – of a of an actual like strictly film but um you can you can view it as something that comes out of this extremely cynical time for comic books in general you know with this this watchmen and and dark knight returns era this late 80s gritty I grunge i don't know enough about the 
uh, backstory of the creation of Akira, but is there like a legitimate reason to link the movements there, kind of? I'm not um, going to like Western to Eastern, or is it just like, are you just commenting on the coincidence? The, like coincidence. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to, um, I'm going to comment on the coincidence because the book precedes um, <coughs> Watchmen or Dark Knight Returns by several years, but I'm just what was like. the book, 82 or something? Yeah. The early, yeah. Early 80s. I think, yeah. Like a very, I think like late 82, early 83. Um, but it's like, you know, it, it, there, you still have to look at it as, as sort of, where comic book stories were at that era. I think that that's um, irrespective of the East West thing. You just have to look at it as this um, and, and science fiction in general was, this is the era of Blade Runner and um, similar, just like, like a, a sort of knee jerk reaction to the idea of like this toxicity of the city yeah. and, and, Blade Runner is a, is a really great comparison to this. I think it's the fairest comparison. It's too bad it wasn't based on a comic book, just a regular, you know, book. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because um, that would, it, it certainly sure Philip K. Dick, like, doodled some pictures, mostly of, like, all the crazy drugs that he did. Right. Uh, before the, writing it, but, you know. The drugs are still a factor in this movie, too. They're yeah. way more of a factor in the comic. Uh, like, the whole capsules yeah. um, are, are way more, a part, like, integral to the plot. It's still um, a badass jacket. It is a badass jacket. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but I mean, I sorry, I think it's a fair comparison in that, you know, we've talked about the story, but it's more the world of Akira and its visualization that is worth noting in this movie than, like, the story itself. We already joked that it's incomprehensible right. and insane, and through this movie is not structured in a way that is helpful. Like, but that's the thing. It's is not that- a throwaway story, but it's a story that is not... That like doesn't really. It's not easily. It's not what you remember. It's certainly not right. It's certainly not what caught like the attention of the. I wouldn't say the public, but you know the cult audience that this. Yeah, it was. That's that's, yeah, better way of putting it, Acosta. But um, it's it's that's the thing. It's like until Tetsuo goes on his um, rampage, which is really the last third of the film. I just have this idea every time I watch it where it's like. Like speaking of of the two main characters, the idea is that the since it is as Andrew would call it a lived in world, um, <laughs> I'm never gonna live that because down. of the yeah. because of like the bureaucracy and the violence and the mayhem. You just get the idea that this this like this environment would be happening with or without their direct intervention. Like they're products of this world that they occupy, which is what every single yeah. fucking movie comic book or otherwise <laughs> should aspire to every single movie should do that every single movie should refl- should have characters that reflect the world that they were you know came of age in it's a surprisingly yeah. difficult problem <laughs> or like this idea that they well they use the world to build tension before anything's really happened because it, you're right if you i wouldn't at, even say it was tension though it is tension because i find that they like show that world is like neo tokyo is a powder keg yeah, like it's about con- to exp LOD. Exactly. Yeah, and all they need is just another nuclear psychic child dwarf yeah. that will. Yeah. Bring it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it. this idea that if you look at the story of Tetsuo and Kaneda, Tetsuo doesn't really start doing much until about an hour past the hour mark in. But they use the world to build tension. So I'll again as part of the fair comparisons episode. If you look at Hulk. i want to see where this goes but like hulk if that's a story where they they are the the only tension they build is through that main character and that main character doesn't do much until about an hour and 10 minutes into the movie it's actually pretty good they don't they don't build tension in the world they don't have this idea of like they don't really spend a lot of time on like general ross or anything like that and whereas Akira shows you that, like, this is a city waiting to E-X-P-L-O-D-E. <laughs> yeah. And that builds it up so that you are actually, you have something to be interested in watching before, yeah, oh. you know, shit hits the proverbial fan. I think yeah. that's, I, I think that's a, a good point. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ang Lee's Hulk. Has a lot in common yeah. with Akira. Yeah. Um, Both have dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Both have giant monsters. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> both have a lot of yeah. scenes shot at night. Uh, both <laughs> have Nick Nolte in them. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, a little known fact there. That's interesting. Nick Nolte, actually, uh, he voices Tetsuo. Oh, I was going to say, he could have voiced the general. Like, I mean, it could have yeah. happened. It didn't. But the, it the general was based off of Nick Nolte's mugshot, which had not yet occurred. <laughs> it was a prophetic vision of the, uh, the animators. <laughs> um, I think that... Um, Obviously, this movie inspired a lot of shit, but I think that a lot of um, a lot of dystopia could and should learn more from this, which is um, I think that that as we were mentioning earlier, the the circumstances of this world are very implicit for the beginning of the film. And you just sort of have to study it yourself and make those sort of compare it like try and try and realize what kind of a world this is and then it's gradually introduced to you what specifically happened yeah rather than you know strangling you with the circumstances there's no well, i don't know that, or that original akira title card is in pretty big font <laughs> exactly it's hard to ignore that yeah i mean <laughs> it, when you look at something like Dread, which is an excellent movie. I was about to make that comparison. <laughs> it's yeah. Dread and Akira are both. You know, I'm they just both log off. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You can, you can take care of this. Yeah, <laughs> they both are set in urban dystopian hellscapes. Dread's ambition is a lot smaller. It's still an exceptionally effective movie, but with that, it's just like okay, we don't have limitless resources to make a giant sprawling. Like, you know, two and a half hour animated movies, so we're going to set it in one location and have that reflect the world. Exactly. Which is totally fine. And is done quite effectively yeah, in Dread. But with this, you just gotta, you, you know, you get to see every aspect of this fucking... Well, they show you glimpses. It's not something where they're trying to, like, really get you to understand the entire inner workings of Neo Tokyo. Yeah, I don't think getting you to understand anything is really the but, priority. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, but it's, it's showing it to you. The idea, like, yeah. you sort of already talked about it a little bit, so I'm sorry if I'm, you know, treading on, you know, the same ground. But this idea of what I like about dystopias in movies like Akira and Dread is that they're not just, like, worlds that are gone. They are worlds that are, like, limping on. Like, societies yeah. oh, that are yeah. struggling yeah. to, like, that's survive. That's a really good point. And are, like, fighting a, like, slowly losing battle. Yeah. And, that's... like, that's more interesting to see that dynamic than just, um, I mean, despite the latest entry in the series, than, like, seeing, like, Matt. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Where it's, like, <laughs> the world is gone, like, there is chaos, and just embrace it. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, I when you read descriptions of... Akira's, you know, setting slash plot. They, they like people. Some people do call it like a post-apocalyptic movie. Um, but with that, you risk, yeah, you risk getting into the Mad Max territory where you're just right, um, like people with spiky shoulder pads chasing yeah. after people. Yeah, there are the still lots point, of people yeah. chasing after other people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's fucking clown gangs. Yep. And, I mean, that's it. Just take your like well, pipes and bat- bats and just go to town on them clowns. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, enough from the clowns. Enough from the clowns. It's, yes. <laughs> it's an interesting year to bring that up, right? I guess we're not that far off. From uh, there was a big clown epidemic. Were you guys safe in your little like Big Apple world? You didn't catch the clown epidemic. Are you talking about SantaCon? No, like, he's talking about the killer clowns no, the, that were the popping up. That were everywhere. What? The, what? Andrew? Huh? You didn't hear this in the news? Me. What Jeez. are you talking? This about? was in the news for like eight months. There were Man. clowns showing up everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. murdering people. They weren't murdering no, people. No, they were menacing. Just standing around. Yeah. They were lurking and menacing. I didn't notice any menacing clowns. Well, we didn't see any here, but they were in like, like, like fucking parts of Virginia. Like somebody like pulls over to change their tire. Yeah, and like, a, I mean, I didn't need any more reasons to not visit Virginia, <laughs> but that's okay. I don't yeah. even know if it was in Virginia, but it was. Alex is not wrong; it was everywhere. Have you not heard of this? Because I don't know. I'm not like regular. I don't have a Google, Google News alert for <laughs> menacing clowns. God. <laughs> God, it's too bad there's no circus music well, on this thing. That would be the perfect yeah, time. Put it down, Jordan. Oh. Um, add it to the favorites. <laughs> you could have just Benny held that if you'd really wanted. Oh, that's true. No, Don't do no. it. No, so no. what was your point with the killer clowns, Alex? Enough from these killer clowns. <laughs> Enough from these killer clowns. Uh, I didn't really... It wasn't supposed to be a big deal, but Andrew's like just an ignoramus. He is an ignoramus. Uh, that's I was, true. I was going to or he's that, one of like, them. I, Shut the oh. fuck... Come on. Just Andrew. because there's a cl- like there's yeah. cloud paraphernalia all around my apartment. Yeah, the yeah. the the, the floors. I have all these juggling pins. Yeah, pin this one on me. 
<laughs> yeah, the fact that this is he's converted his entire floor into a bouncy castle is uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he's the man in the bouncy castle. He is the man in the bouncy castle. <laughs> that joke man. sucks. I no, hate it. No, I I like it. Do not boo it. No. <laughs> Jordan sucks. I'm a fan of Costa. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Did you watch the um, show? I was going to say the, the um uh I think what really drives home the fact that this isn't true like post apocalypse is uh they're they're holding the Olympics next year. Like this is a first world country in this world. It's you know trying I mean? to like, be. Yeah. Like well, we don't know what's in those Olympic games. Right. If like cannibalism <laughs> is one of the events. Uh, no. Yeah. People Maybe are wearing like clown racing. Clown racing, yeah. People are wearing suits, so they're truly at least aspiring to society. Well, yeah, yeah. you get a glimpse in um, – I don't know if he's the prime minister. I'm a little, like there's one of the cabinet members who's like trying to stuff a bunch of money into his suitcase yeah. and run away. And this place is super nice. It's like just like a modern, nice home. Like there's still people living normally. Like the, the movies focus more on – you know these this revolutionary class kind of yeah, um, yeah. it's a society but, on the edge right yeah 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 but there's still um, yeah there's, there's there's active attempts to like make a normal world with the olympics and and trying like they're trying to mm-hmm. they talk about how they're trying to showcase like neo tokyo as a livable environment and you're still able to see like really uh, well done like background pieces where you're seeing like weird, like apocalyptic, like prophets with like praying. Yeah, there's like cultists and like, shit. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like billboards and, and, and products. What's interesting though, they show those cultists in like a normal, maybe not well-to-do area. But th- there's a there's a scene where the like you know the capsules are all hanging out with the their like hangers on chicks. Uh, those girls following them around, yeah. right? And they're just hanging out at night, and they're in like you know a nice park, and there's some cultists, sure, but like it's not like it's, it's like you guys said, it's not like Mad Max or something. Yeah. Um, and it's all like organically introduced. Yeah. The fact that the, yeah. the, the, the kids don't pay any mind to these systems is really an amazing decision. Like it's just it's just like sort of a way of life for them, wow. which is right. it's just such a fascinating. It rings true. Yeah. It's so great. So it sounds like we're really just big fans of Neo Tokyo. Well, not I, yeah. I'm fans of Neo Tokyo, and let's talk about the the main characters a little bit more. Um, so the center of this movie is the this sort of brother versus brother struggle between Tetsuo and Canada. Um, the former of which has spent his entire life as a sort of, um, you know. Younger brother's submissive. He's like sort the of the runt of the. Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, yeah. he's he's someone who's, who's tr- constantly spent his life struggling for approval and struggling to be taken seriously and struggling to be tough. But clearly, he's just like he's ill-equipped to. He's not as handle any of this as yeah, he, well, yeah. His I don't even think it's a question of ruthlessness. He just lacks the essential sort of charisma to be a real leader, and he he's not self assured. He just he's, can't handle those ceramic breaks on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he just he's like like you know it's a, a word I self apply myself. He's he's a bit of a you know loser type person. Like he's he's perennially he's perennially sort of at the he gets the short end of the stick yeah. insofar as he's just. He's he's, not, he's never going to be respected the way Canada is. He's well, Canada, would you say that Canada is a bit of a bad boy? He, but he's he's a goofball too, which makes it yeah. the, like he's. You can understand, like you you hundred percent understand why he's the leader and why uh, Tetsuo isn't. That's what I get from this. Like you, I completely get why in that he's got charisma and the best bike. He's got, the, but he's also got a way of. <laughs> Like he knows when to take a stand. He keeps he's he's emotional, but keeps a cool head more often than not. He doesn't fly off the handle. He's tough. Like he 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 has like a you know sort of like a cult of personality around him. Um, I I just think you're that saying it's, he's like he's presidential material for 2020 is what you're saying. He can't be much worse than the yeah. real presidential hopefuls in 2020. Um, well, that's how he's going to win, is that 2020 is not going to be an election. It's going to be a game of chicken on the highways exactly. of New York. Yeah, and he's yeah. not a coward. If anything, he's like, he's one of the, um, he you know, he's one of the most daring heroes we've seen in quite some time. More daring than even Charlie Brown. 
I'm not going to agree with that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. He's as daring as the flying It ace. takes a lot of courage to uh, talk to the uh, redheaded girl. Yeah, to go through the just... It does not take courage to run up to a bicycle, <laughs> like a crazy electric motorcycle that's coming at you and to drop the driver wearing a like menacing clown mask. I would that's argue... That's regular yeah. shit. Yeah, that's yeah. just like... I, I call that Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. I would argue that Charlie Brown's life is bleaker than Patty does. <laughs> <laughs> the weather slog. The weather is worse. Yep. He's not, you know, he he's not really loved or appreciated. And he's not, he's really not a leader. Yeah, and he's not really seen the city. Like, no, he's, he's not. not he doesn't around. get around. He doesn't get around. Yeah, he doesn't hang out with his friends in like cool bars. Yeah. Cool underground S- bars where the bartender <laughs> sells some great drugs. And then gets killed. Yep. Should have given him the drugs. I think he yep. did, because he's taking the drugs. No, because doesn't he, think, like, he, like, makes matters. light of... I don't of... think he had, like, an escape plan out of that situation. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. I don't think he was making a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I think he made light of uh, Tetsuo, and he, uh... Yeah, he just didn't take him seriously, which is why the character is so interesting, and why their... Their... Why their fight is... Earned. And why yeah. fucking... Uh, Tetsuo is way better than... That whatever douchebag Dane DeHaan plays in Chronicle. You save that because Dane DeHaan is probably going to play Tetsuo in the live action. Fucking set in Neo New York City. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is already itself just new New York. (laughs) More money has changed hands on this decades in development Akira American remake than I will ever see in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, they're waiting for Kanye to join the project. I wish. Yeah. Oh boy, yes, please. Um, Keanu Reeves was attached for a very long time. Who the fuck would he play? To, I don't know, Neo? Uh, He's the Neo (laughs) in Neo Tokyo. Boo. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah, thanks. I'll give myself that. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think a lot of it probably depends on how Ghost in the Shell does in a few months. Um, If that finds an audience, which I'm doubtful. Uh, it will. I think that it'll show people that there's an audience. You just said there, there's some sort of a um, group that will embrace um, this sort of. Or like how it also has a, uh, a Death Note. Movie yeah, really. Right? Yeah, wow. with, um, it's directed Live by the dude who did. Uh, he just did the new Blair Adam Wingard. He's doing the Death Note. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, sure. Is it like a series or a movie? No, it's a movie. Wow. Uh, is it, Alex, mm-hmm. is it going direct to Netflix or is it going into theaters? Um. When they first announced they were doing movies, and the first movie they announced was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2, they said they would do straight to Netflix, but also to certain IMAX screens. I don't know if they still do it that way, but that's the last I heard of it. Um, I very quickly stopped following that I was going to say, the last, like, simultaneous theatrical and, like, on-demand movie that came out that I can remember is Tower Heist. So No, it happens here all the time. Like, a lot of stuff, a lot of smaller stuff comes out, um... It, like day in, like it gets a theatrical release, and it's also um, like streaming. Um, but I, I don't think there should be. You know, it's been said a fucking a million times by a bunch of fans of this movie. Don't remake it. You're gonna lose it. It's not gonna survive the the translation. It's not gonna survive being made thirty years after it came out. It's, it's also not gonna survive like trying to transform that plot into something that is palatable for like a a major mass market audience in North America. Yeah, I, I would be very, very surprised if um, if it ever actually even gets made or if it gets made in any way that even remotely resembles the original. You would have to not cast Keanu Reeves. That's step one. Uh, I don't think he's been taxed in forever. That, it, uh, I think that's like a Justin Timberlake project. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm he sure. was attached the last I knew of it. Yeah, he was, um, the Keanu Reeves was attached in the 90s, I think, when they were thinking of doing that this more yeah. sense yeah but um you don't like i i read something that said that they wanted to do a trilogy for this um i think stretching the story out over three movies would be a well, there's big a, mistake there's enough yeah. with the comics to actually you know expand it but i don't think i think that's putting the cart before the horse um I, yeah well like the genesis trilogy and so many other movies that they've tried to <clears throat> yeah. terminator genesis is yeah that's supposed oh, to be like a trilogy, trilogy? yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, I nope. think uh, I think 
yeah, um, poster boy of the show, Willem Dafoe is in that Death Note movie, now that I think about it. Yeah, I think he's the voice of the, like, Death God. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You can do the mocap work for that, too. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Put yeah. him in a robot suit. Why not? Just cover him in that ping pong ball suit and <laughs> just go to town. You'll do a great job. Uh, so I gotta ask about, uh, about chronicle and uh other stuff that this uh inspired that we've already looked at uh which ones do you like more there's only one answer chronicle okay Are you and chronicle that's my only choices what else is there um, anything else we've watched that's like sci-fi enough to be like yeah probably they probably hit up a cure on the way there well chronicle is the biggest one because it's it's both sci-fi and based on based, like, a, like, like on a, yeah. and based on like a friendship between two main characters. Yeah. yeah. Once they get rid of the best part of the movie, they're able to focus exactly. on that. Exactly. Yeah, they but, can you know. not. Uh, but usually, <laughs> when we watch something sci-fi based, it's like you know either conceptually stupid or too much fun to be bleak, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the sci-fi that we've looked at it tends to be in what I would consider the lower half of our lists. Uh, it's been quite a while since we've seen a science fiction film that has been um, good. Uh, because a lot of the science fiction we see is like surrogates. Yep. Oh, boy. That's a that's a movie. That's a flim. Surrogates yeah. or... Um, sure is. Or, you know, push. Ugh. Is that sci-fi? I guess. Uh, push is like, yeah, no more sci-fi than like most of the other movies we've seen. Really? Um, oh. I don't know, like... Dread is probably the closest to like sci-fi in that it's speculative, right? What about Judge Dread? There we go. Right, uh, that's definitely extra Acosta. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This I is like this it. is this is fine science fiction. Yeah, this is just fine. Um, well, no, it's, you, it, no, you know what? Fine, <laughs> fine comma, watchable okay. is like puts it in the top twenty percent of what we've seen. <laughs> Let's talk about what you tried to talk Jordan down early. Exactly, I'm ready for this low ass rank. I literally, yeah, like, you think like, this is beating Josie and the Pussycats? You're fucking wrong. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, talk to me, both of you, about something that didn't work with this movie then for you, because literally, there's nothing for me. Oh, like really? I have no, I have nothing that I can say that would disparage this at all. I have no criticism. Okay, do you do you how how much are you can about like the incomprehensible plot? Do you actually think that, or do I you think not care that it's, about it? I think that the Tetsuo and Canada plot is coherent enough, and all the stuff with the espers and all the stuff with the government and all that is like, and the resistance. It's all stuff that adds. You know, it it adds to the to the overall sort of world that's happening. It's a long so eliminating movie. all those elements. I guess the the actual problem is like, what's up with the end? Is that? What oh, I'm totally for? cool with like, it. What's that? No, I'm, I'm cool. I I get it, but yeah. like, I don't know what part of the story do you not like? Then I again, like I've said, I'm opening the floor to you two criticizing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna sort of echo what Acosta said, and that the plot itself, it's. It's mostly introducing new concepts and, like, forces in the story throughout the first, like, hour. Like, it's kind of overwhelming, this movie, in a lot of cases. It's sensory overload, for sure. Well, it's... it's like, well, like, in, beyond, in every like, sense. But, like, I'm not saying, like, it's... The, like, visuals... Like, the visuals of the movie are incredible, but the actual plot itself is... It says a lot when... Anybody that you see this with, you have to, like, have a lot of sympathy for them just not knowing what the fuck's going on. Well, yeah, I think yeah. that says a lot. You're there to sit through, yeah, to, to sort of, exp- I'm, I sound like such a fucking asshole, but you're there to, like, experience the movie in its, in its sweeping <laughs> yeah. fucking like, grandeur. Yeah, but the not bl- to Not to care about little yeah, things the, like plot. Yeah, right? but you know what? The, the theme <laughs> of Akira is definitely not, like, utter it's, confusion. No, the theme is love. That's the like, really like, no. It's that that's like what an idiot says when they're describing a theme because that's not even sorry. A it's theme. like a thematic topic. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> it is a movie that like we we should not just blindly excuse that the movie's plot is kind is oddly paced at the very least to the point of being like incomprehensible or just incredibly difficult to follow. Maybe actually I don't agree with that. Ooh. Um, 
Oh, you done did it now. Let's, well, here's yeah. the thing. Maybe it's just like uh, like I've watched more anime than you guys. I'm a big. I'm sure you have. I don't watch anime. No, I, like I, I ever. certainly have, and I'm not super proud of it. I'm like a huge anime fan, but um, uh, we're gonna take a break right now to talk about our new sponsor, Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you weren't an anime fan before, yeah, yeah. for five ninety nine or whatever got they're called, Bleach, yeah, Bleach dubbed, um. Uh, <laughs> Uh, All like a thousand episodes of Naruto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got yeah, Sword yeah, Art Online, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think fourteen seasons. The game should just be name animes. Oh fuck that! <laughs> no, I'd win. You no. would win. You lazy like, like fuck. I'd win, without even, I'd, I'd win without leaving the Gundam franchise. Andrew knows yeah. Gundam. You oh, watched. Shit. Andrew watched a bunch of Gundam. I did. Yeah, I had, I had the room. If head. it's got like giant fighting robots, I'll. Yeah, you watched seventy-two hours of Evangelion and just wondering. You want to tell me <laughs> that this movie's incomprehensible? Well, yeah, no, I watched all three of those Evangelion movies with one of my friends, and like those movies just were like it felt like a an incredibly exaggerated version of Akira, in that it was just <laughs> piling on <laughs> new concepts, new characters, and like just new plot elements that they never really dealt with the effects of. Like, the world ends, like, 20 minutes into the first Evangelion movie. Hey, it ends 30 two, seconds into this yeah. movie, so... Yeah. <laughs> there's two more fucking movies! Yeah. I have no idea what's going on in any of those well, movies. Well, let's let our resident uh, anime fan uh, explain why this movie is completely coherent. Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna. Oh say no, it, that like, was that's me. I'm the resident anime fan. <laughs> oh, go ahead, you, you introed yourself. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, Alex, go for it. No, I was just gonna say, um, you know, it's it's obviously not a simple thing, and it's, um, I think the biggest translation snafu from the comic to the movie isn't so much. They didn't really get rid of a lot. Um, a lot of the difference in size. I, I know someone's going to be super mad that I said that. Like, someone out there is like, actually... Um, it's okay. It's, We're it's just going like to block a, them. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, great. A lot of the plot that's missing is stuff that takes place after the movie. Yeah, and that's a good piece. That That's a good point, is that the, well, the character of Akira is completely different as well. Like um, Right. But, but the, it really only affects, like... Basically, if you wanted to make the manga, you would cut off, like, the last 20 minutes or so of this movie, then, like, have another movie there, and then go back to the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like you should give a call to Warner Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, like, New Line with the Lord of the Rings movies. Multiple endings. There you go. Yeah. That's how you make one book into three movies. (laughs) I've got got what you guys need. Um, But the, the big difference is that this uh, movie definitely focuses on uh, Kaneda as a like main character, a protagonist, like the main character. Uh, whereas it's like it feels nothing like that in the manga. It's an ensemble like through and through. Like there's a lot of characters in this. In the in the comic, there's a lot of main characters. If that distinction makes yeah, any sense, I, I kind of got that impression from some of the characters that were also in their gang. That seemed like they got short shrift. Like when one <laughs> of the guys got killed in the same like seedy ass bar. Yeah, he gets killed off screen. Yeah, yeah, right. There was like and, an emotional reaction to that that was like, oh, yeah, like you could understand it, but it still didn't feel earned. Eh, it was earned. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> Correct, keep, Andrew. Keep yeah. going, Alex. Um, no, but so I think it's a complicated story, and, and it's it, there's kind of a mind that issue. Like, going into it, you're like, I don't really care what's going on right now. I'm, I'm trying to get back to that dude in the red jacket. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, because like, they treat him as the protagonist, when really there's a lot of shit happening elsewhere that yeah. you kind of have to, like, take in and... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you have to compare it to what else you're getting from the movie to kind of build the whole story out of it. It's not like it's convoluted, but I wouldn't say it's too complicated. It's, um, I think Andrew might be right when he says the delivery of it is a little off, a little bizarre, and and that is probably because of that dancing effect of making two and a half hour or two about two hour movie. Andrew's not right, Alex. You're right. Oh, sure. Um, I did it. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be willing to hear an argument. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, I, I got mean, seven experience in a red dagger. <laughs> like, the concern I have is that maybe I'm just criticizing this movie because it's not conventionally plotted. 
Like I, I'm, I'm but, not, I'm not enti- I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's not like ineffectively plotted. I will defend yeah. you. I will intervene now and and say that um, that you're you know to 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 expect it to follow the you know conventional beasts beats of Western animated movies or narrative features is a bad idea. But also, at times, this does have that sort of. Let's I, again. This is such a sweeping statement, and I apologize for being so sweeping. Sweeping, but um, anime films that I've seen, and I have seen several of them, but not as many as Alex <laughs> Doctor Crunchyroll. Um, oh man, they have a contempt doctorate in yeah, um, <laughs> inflatable wives. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah, All right. Um, they have a lot of anime has contempt for coherence one can say like they don't they don't really care about you know getting get you know having the ins and outs of you know relatable human heroes and (laughs) and clear objectives and not a lot of like droning mechanical noises as bureaucrats talk about (laughs) new initiatives (laughs) in an environment that you don't understand do do you think that anime in general uh, is, on, no, no, is on that like extreme end of the spectrum where we talk about how we're willing to um, tolerate and excuse a lot if you show us something cool. I mean, there's a like it, there's a part of me that feels that that's a lot of anime where it's like you're willing to watch a lot of like plotting nonsense just to see like a few minutes of like something really neat. Yes, this is called the Attack on Titan effect. Oh, okay. Well, it's 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 this. Was that what you're? This was, <laughs> On attack on attack on Titan effect, no. Uh, yeah, uh, no. That's like a super super. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say that's a super boring anime that everybody thinks is like super exciting because there's like five action scenes littered throughout six episodes. Yeah, I hate to throw the word boring around for any movie, but basically, a lot of the anime features that I've seen um, know that you're there, so they don't. It, it doesn't matter about pacing it in a in a riveting way. Like I like it, that. The, the, like the filmmaking equivalent of we already have your money. Well, it's yeah. it's that like yeah, it's that like we know that you're watching Gundam for the robots, but we're sure as fuck not going to shy away from this like yeah, the scene, soap opera. Well, the scene on a spaceship with like. You know, the Space United Nations as, yeah, it's like the drone of fucking, like, like yes, computers. Yeah, debating, like, yeah. asteroid maintenance. Exactly. Like, they've, they've got some some ordinance codes to debate over, some shit. A lot of dubbed actors who are just stating things in a very short amount of time <laughs> without inflecting a lot. <laughs> Once the vice president comes in, uh, and inspects our asteroid base, there'll be hell to pay. Well, then don't let him see you slacking off. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell are you? I'm just somebody. Ching! Slices their heads off. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I want to watch this. Yeah, I I do too. Give me more than the budget. (laughs) I I really want to see what happens with... I want to see Battle Asteroid Omega. Yeah. President shows up. Yeah. It's called Space Base. Space. <laughs> It'd be like Space Base Sigma or something. Yeah, like no, that's the s- several sequel series. No, that's like the like OVA. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they just redo it, just with better production values. I think a lot of the changes in Sigma really, uh, really bring the asteroid together. Literally. <laughs> We're taking this fleet to Neptune. Let's hope our supervisor got our new shipment. <laughs> that guy doesn't get anything. Who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. Shing slices the <laughs> Oh my god, the dialogue's so much better now. In Sigma. <laughs> it is. It's because it's truer to the original version. Yeah. It's a direct one-to-one dub without those meddling Westerners trying to make it mainstream. <laughs> it sounds like you've just made Shogun Assassin, but on an asteroid. <laughs> I mean, somebody going around cutting people's heads off. 
I don't know. I still want. Yeah, he's leaning in the shadows of wherever, like fucking command room. These these grunts are chatting in. He's just like like he's lurking lurking in the back, loitering. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. he's in his full astronaut suit with a cape and a mask. Yes. Yeah. There is still time for a like hot bath scene. (laughs) (laughs) It's zero gravity. Then there's like yeah, there's he's got like a he's got a whole love interest and uh, she's like cold to him at first, but uh, yeah, <laughs> actually likes him in the end. For more of this, you can watch the Shogun Assassin episode. It's available. On- Use the promo code <laughs> NMNP when you sign up for Crunchyroll. <laughs> exactly. Before watching Space Base Sigma. <laughs> Space Base Sigma. If you want the exclusive nosebleed sequence, uh, you need to use the <laughs> promo code because they, uh, you know, those meddling, yeah, <laughs> the Funimation assholes will cut that <laughs> shit right out. Yeah. Well, dude, you can't say that anymore. Funimation has like a partnership with Crunchyroll, dog. You got it. all right. Take two. Yeah, we yeah. lost our Funimation. All right. Well, there goes another <laughs> we sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> now we first we lost Loot Crate. Now we lost Crunchyroll. What do we got now? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my producer is giving me the um, the signal to wrap up this meandering, bizarre, and what I can say on my part, ludicrously uninformed opinion on Japanese animated films and <laughs> television shows. Um, my last point before we move on to the rankings and all that. Um, let's say uh, you probably don't recommend this to your uh, normal friends and family. Andrew? No. God, no. No? No. Certainly not. This, that, I don't mean that as a uh, condemnation of the movie. Just, like, there's no way I would recommend this to anyone that I didn't already know uh, liked anime. But if they did, it's a very easy recommendation. Uh, I I don't like, or I don't, it's not that I just like, I don't watch anime, but I, you know, I love this. And um, if you're... Even a light one, like, most... Most people like Studio Ghibli movies. Well, because there's a heart and charm to them that's devoid, that's absent in this movie. Uh, depending on what Studio Ghibli movies they liked, I'd recommend this. Which so if they like Princess Mononoke, then maybe and like Nausicaa, it's the sort of bleak and violent ones. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, Alex, would you recommend this to your normal friends and family? If I was like, like. 14 years old and I was oh, like this would have been the coolest fucking thing this ever hype fucking shit yeah. and there's like some girls titties hanging out and it's like <laughs> people getting crushed and shit and there's like fucking that dude has a robot arm that turns into like a mutant baby like that would be some like and like did insane. I talk about the jacket I mean <laughs> oh my god that see that part where you slid on the motorcycle what? it looks so cool even you talking to me about it it so sounds so good i love it i Fucking love this baseball movie. bats that clown as he's on his motorcycle so it's so badass alex dude this is uh this is a hard pass uh, it's it's like such a good movie it's so good um but it's certainly not like i mean it's a you know it's very gruesome and yeah get times kind of uh, flick. I wouldn't like tell my mom to go watch it. Right. I think that um, much, much like with the Dark Knight uh, and other stuff we looked at, if you if you were the audience for this, you probably have already seen it. <laughs> yeah, you'll that's, know whether you like this a or fair not. Assessment, yeah. yeah, you'll know by its reputation and by looking at it whether this is up your alley or not. Yeah, um, and chances are, if you're venturing down watching interesting anime movies, like you will see some, it. it you will, you will yeah, watch it, this organically. You don't need any motherfuckers like us. Telling yeah, it's, you to watch it's this. essential, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go down that road. Um, yeah. You know what? Though? You know, I will say this. I think it's a little more approachable uh, from like a Western standpoint as um, just somebody interested in you know animation or film uh, than like a lot of other like anime classics because a lot of anime classics are just like. Um, you, you you know how like people like when, when you play video games someone's like oh my god the story is so good and you yeah. play it and it's just like what the fuck like <laughs> this is like the most yeah. like written out shit uh a lot of anime classics like um that are super mainstream are kind of like that and this isn't like this is not bad this actually has merit on its own and it's <laughs> interesting merit yeah. that is the nicest thing you've ever said not just about not just in this show but ever i've never heard you say anything has merit uh, yeah, it's a bleak, empty world, Jordan. Well, we yeah, all know that. That yeah. is accurate. We're talking about MMP or Akira. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I definitely would recommend NMNP to anybody. Uh, most normal moment, Andrew, do you remember? Uh, I'm going to say the moment that the teddy bear from the album <laughs> covers of Kanye albums <laughs> starts sweating a torrent of milk. That's pretty good. I have Dripping Bear written as a possible Golden Pounce winner, so we'll see. I'll, I, I'll second that nomination, but I'm skipping ahead. Okay, yeah. Alex, what's your most normal moment? Oh, man, what a great movie to choose a normal moment from. Um, I think uh, there's... there's Remember when I said, like, you have to take scenes and, like, put them together to understand what the movie's talking about? There's the part where Kate and Kaneda are in the um, jail cell, and she just starts monologuing, like, the entire backstory yes. and the whole, like, underlying philosophy, and it makes no sense on its own. And I really like that because it's, like, the least approachable part of the movie, and it reminds me a lot of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yes, <laughs> like, the exact same oh, I was going to say Metal Gear Solid 1 because they're actually in jail cells when that happens in the okay. first game. You know, that's fair. But I, I was thinking more in the sense of, like, you have no idea what happened at the end of either piece of media if you don't follow those, like, particular scenes where the characters are just, like, spitting explanations. And she's not even... Like, Kay is not even saying it in a concrete way. It's said in an abstract way, like, the concepts of evolutionary progression and everything like that. Yes, and it's not her, it's a small child. Well, it starts as her, but then I think it becomes a uh, a small child. Who are we to say where the woman ends and the small child begins? That's correct. Um... Yeah, my, my most normal moment is uh, when they when they're getting processed and they uh, make fun of the guy for being an old man, but he's just twenty five years old. <laughs> I can relate. I love that guy. Um, who's our golden pounds going to? Dripping Bear. I'm gonna go with Dripping Bear. Yeah, Dripping Bear is fine. Okay, yeah, we're not gonna beat that. His friends are no slackers. Yeah, I was gonna say the appearance of Akira uh, himself is pretty great. I would go for. I would also go for like Akira. Akira in in brackets, cells. jars. Like jars? Yeah. Sure. Well, him showing up in this a bunch of jars and, like, Ghost <laughs> Child shows up and they have to, like, explicitly say that it's Akira. But it's pretty fucking obvious who it would be. So that or Dripping Bear? Dripping Bear. Dripping Bear? Alex, you got? are you going to top Dripping Bear? No, uh, nobody likes Jar Jar. <laughs> Jar Jar. <laughs> Fuck you. I like it. All right. Um... Yeah, let's uh let's let's since we're out of time for the game, let's just uh go with Marmaduke next time and make our lists. Andrew, you would have lost the game anyways. Probably. So you uh make a li- make a, make a sandwich. Uh I'm going to put this around another movie that has uh crazy ass visuals. Yeah. Um I'm going to put this Boy. at number 20. <laughs> Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy butt guns. Uh and so 20, number which 20. is below Doctor Strange. Oh and above Deadpool. Oh, it's pretty low. At least it's higher than Chronicle. <laughs> Alex, where are you putting this? Well, I'm not putting it at the top like you probably will. How do you know what I'm going to do? You, yeah, watch no, out. you can't predict Open face me. sandwich. I, I have, I'm actually like specimen number 29. I also have psychic powers. I'm also a small blue eight like child. <laughs> um, I'm going to put this one at number... Uh, next to another animated film I like a lot. Uh, it's going to be at number eight, um, which is high. And yeah. under Unbreakable and above Batman Begins. Neither of which are animated films. I thought that was uh, Mask of the Phantasm. I meant to put it next to that. Well, oh, fuck you. Come well, on. I messed up and I can't move it now. You can move it. Nope. It's stuck in place at number eight. You will not put that above Unbreakable. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch <laughs> me. You uh, are Jordan's yeah. insane. You've got the mask is probably above Unbreakable. So <laughs> what do I care? Yeah. All right, Jordan. Let's see it. M. Dark Knight on the bottom. Fuck Akira, you. Number one. Are you sure. kidding? Not a question. Oh my god. Number one, the best movie that we've watched for the show. Uh, a landmark in everything from world building to characterization to. Uh, Fucking everything. The ambition and execution of this movie is unparalleled. It's a classic. Watch it um, if you're a freak weirdo. Uh, enjoy the dripping bears and the exposition <laughs> and the coup d'etat and the misery of the, like, you know, techno nightmare. This is just a distraction ploy so that when we do the rearranging episode, no. you have something that we're going to target before the match. There will be no rearranging. No. 
until I something, Andrew. Until the 2018 American remake of Akira dethrones this one, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> All right, who's playing Tetsuo and Kaneda then? Re- d- doesn't matter. They're recast. New characters. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's Dane DeHaan. Yeah, it's Dane. It, it's as, Dane uh, DeHaan is Tetsuo. No, it's it's um, it, it's uh, Tyler and Kyle, the new <laughs> the new bad boy biker boys. Actually, you know what? Michael B. Jordan as Tetsuo. As Tyler? No, no, no. He's Kaneda. I- yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be Kaneda. Yeah, but Tetsuo would be Dane DeHaan. I don't know these characters' names. They're new. They're new. <laughs> sorry, rad- it would be, it would be um, Ted and Ken. <laughs> Ted and Ken. Yeah. And it would be in friend. New York. Yeah, New York. Or it would be like John Tetsuo. Yeah. And they call him John the whole movie. So it's just a slap in the face. Yeah. And speaking of slaps in the face, let's uh, call it a show. Um, we didn't do a game store. I guess we're watching Marmaduke next. Yeah, we got Back on schedule. Back on track, yep. Back to formula. Back to formula. All right, so I'm signing off for myself, for the uh, psychic jar boy. Thanks for listening to... No, I'm the psychic jar boy. Oh, okay. You're nothing. No. What what am I a jar of? Yeah. Um, yellow fluid. Done. All right, thanks for listening. And the jar of green fluid. Bye-bye. Uh, stay as normal as this movie.